Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guests are Jose Puente, who is Director of Mobile Strategy at Autotrader.com, and David Wax, who is President of Sellit. Today we will discuss mobile marketing. Jose joined the company in 2008 as general manager with a specific task of developing and launching the company's strategy for the Hispanic market. Within two years, Autotrader Latino is ranked by Comscore among the top 25 Spanish language websites in the United States. Core to driving the brand's success, Jose developed a comprehensive mobile platform that includes a mobile website, iPhone, and Android applications with voice search and augmented reality features, an SMS platform to connect buyers and sellers. The mobile products represent over 40% of all user activity, driving significant return on investment to thousands of local dealerships, advertisers, and national brands such as Toyota, Nissan, and General Motors. David is the founder and president of Sellit. With an engineering background, David created the Sellit platform as a solution for real estate agents to market their properties. He quickly realized that retailers and other industries could benefit from connecting to their clients through their mobile devices. David is a dual cum laude graduate of the University of Pennsylvania's Jerome Fisher Program in Management and Technology. He holds a bachelor's in economics from the Wharton School and a BSc in Computer Science Engineering from the School of Engineering. Jose and David, welcome. Thank Great you. to be here. This is such a timely topic because, of course, mobile technology is taking over the lives of many of us. Would you tell us a little bit, uh, David, Jose, about what we're talking about when we talk about mobile devices. Is this just a cell phone or is there something broader that we can call a mobile device? Um, yeah, well, well, overall, you know, I think the, the sell-it business pretty much focuses on, um, on anything that you can place a phone call on. So, so your standard smartphones, iPhones, um, but, you know, now there's kind of this blurring of lines between what's a desktop and what's a mobile device, or what's a laptop, and what's a mobile device? You know, with with the iPads and the uh, the Samsung uh, tablets, et cetera. So um, now, um, you know, companies like Sellit and Sellit are are handling all devices that are non traditional, everything from the tablet to the um, to the cell phone. Um, you know, the market for mobile has grown tremendously. And, and you know, just before I, I, dump in, uh, I dive into the numbers, um, I, you know, maybe we take a step back and we kind of explain what we're talking about here. You know, as far as sell it's involved, uh, we, we really handle three things. We handle text messaging, we handle mobile websites, and we handle applications. So text messaging is the back and forth communication with customers. Um, for AutoTrader Latino, we've been really fortunate to tag every single listing in the magazine with a text keyword. So if you see a listing on that Ford Explorer, you can text in a special keyword associated with that listing and it'll drive you right back to, it'll provide more information on the, on the listing and it will notify the dealer uh, that you're interested in. That's the text messaging component. The mobile website is very similar. And text messaging, if you had to say, you know, uh, it's, it's akin to something, I'd say it's akin to email. Um, uh, the mobile website is, is very similar to a, uh, 
a formatted, a custom formatted website for the mobile phone that, you know, but in the case of sell it, we make sure that these mobile sites are really made to optimize the user experience. So if you have an old school flip phone, the, um, the website will look good on that. And if you have the latest iPhone or Android device, um, the mobile site will look great on that. So that's really the second tier of the three-legged stool. And then the third uh, leg of the stool is applications. And there we're talking about everything from iPhone and Android apps to iPad apps, BlackBerry apps, um, BlackBerry Playbook apps, et cetera. Um, you know, what's exciting about this is the market for or the adoption of mobile devices is staggering. Um, the use of the iPhone you know, if you kind of look at the mobile web, and, and the iPhone was really the first device that fully um, took advantage of the mobile web, and you kind of compare that to the web when the web started. And if you think about, okay, well, way back when, the web started with AOL, and that's when people really started adopting the Internet was, was through AOL. Um, the growth rate of the iPhone is 10 times faster than the growth rate of AOL over the same you know, initial three-year launch period. So uh, the adoption rates are just staggering in comparison to the regular web. Um, additionally, 2011, 2012, uh, 2012 is really the first time that smartphone sales will outpace desktop sales. So 2012 will kind of be this watershed year where uh, more people will be walking around with Mobile, new mobile devices than they have new new computers, and we're going to see the adoption just continue to skyrocket for mobile web and text and, and apps. Um, and you know, kind of just as an anecdote, even now, 40% of iPhone and iPhone Touch users access the internet more on their mobile devices than on their desktops. So we're seeing kind of this paradigm shift of how people are accessing the the, the internet, you know, via a mobile device. Um, the growth of these devices, you know, 2012 being the first year that uh, smartphones out, outpaced desktops, and then kind of just the overall adoption, which is 10 times faster than the web itself. So these are all very exciting trends. Um, Jose, anything, anything, uh, did I miss anything there? I think you pretty much covered it all. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of talking through this, you know, so why is this important to a marketer? You know, uh, one thing that these, that these users are doing with their phones is they're, they're looking for product reviews. They're looking for information on, on purchases before, uh, before making the purchase. And, uh, you know, if, if you look kind of across the board and, and talking specifically about Hispanics, um, there was recently a, a survey done by Sterling Commerce where, where um, the Hispanic users were asked um, what they, you know, if they'd use their phone for comparing prices prior to a purchase, 32% said they would. Um, check to see if an item is in stock, 28% said they would use their device to do that. And um, in the case of, of Jose, 38% said they'd access information about an item for potential pur purchase via their mobile phone. And this is right in line with what Jose is doing, you know, providing information on cars. So Hispanics overall tend to out-index the Caucasian on their use of mobile devices and uh, really their use of these devices prior to making a purchase. Um, now, Caucasians are still doing all this. You know, it's 23% of Caucasians are using their devices to, to compare prices, et cetera. But currently, um, the Hispanic market is over-indexing um, Caucasian America. 
so, so if you're looking to market to this Hispanic demographic, it's it certainly um, mobile certainly should not be ignored. Um, you know, we're seeing our clients and the the number of text messaging, uh, a number of text messages that our clients are sending is growing at an exponential rate. Um, you know, as as subscribers come aboard and they become used to receiving messages on their cell phone, um, you know, we're we're seeing uh, our clients really take advantage of this and grow at an exponential rate. And I have some other stats I can share later, but uh, I feel like I'm hogging the line here, so I'm going to open open it back up to uh, Jose. Um, Jose, just to kind of give you a little bit of background, we've, uh, he's really quite honestly a visionary in this space and developed a three-pronged mobile strategy incorporating text, mobile web, and apps, and has really done a phenomenal job of kind of um, working with my company to make sure that um, we're, we're delivering on all of the above, but, but um, driving substantial amounts of traffic to his, uh, to his web properties via mobile. I believe it's over 40% now, so um, that it's, it, the numbers are pretty staggering. Let's go back for a second and talk about the advantages and the the demographic profile. Are we talking about a mostly youth demographic that is using mobile devices? You know, I, I would have said that's the case a few years ago, um, that it's most, mostly youth. But now, you know, I think if you're targeting even uh, – users into their 40s or 50s, there's, there's still a strong propensity to use mobile devices um, to, to manage those communications. Uh, or, it's, you know, I mean, basically my, my rule of thumb is that you have to, you know, I could be here talking to you about email or, or smoke signals or, or whatever. If your customer wants to get communicated via smoke signal, you have to be able to provide that. And that's how I feel about mobile is that um, while it might not fully penetrate the 65-year-old demographic, 65 plus, um, you know, if there's users that want to be communicated in the, in, in this form, you should be able to, uh, communicate to them in this form. And what we're seeing across age groups is that, uh, while mobile might not be your largest subscriber base, you know, I'm, I'm sure your email list will be substantially larger. It should certainly, and your Twitter list may be a little larger. It'll certainly be more valuable than both of those uh, on a per user basis. Uh, in fact, one of our, uh, a couple of our clients have shared stats with us. Um, one is a major office um, supply retailer, and they claim that when they send the same offer out via email, via text, and via Twitter, their text message group redeems the offer eight times as uh, as as often as their email and certainly their Twitter. Not only are they redeeming those offers um, more frequently, but they're buying larger basket sizes of products. And I can kind of explain why they might be buying bigger bigger baskets of products when they do redeem. But, um, you know, so even though you might be targeting a older demographic in the 40s, 50s, or 60s, and you might have a, pretty, uh, you know, a fairly small subscriber base, at least initially, you have to understand that you, you, you should really multiply that subscriber base by eight to compare it to how large your email list is. Uh, just because of the propensity to buy and, and the responsiveness of that group to to uh, interactions and offers. So if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is it doesn't matter. It does matter, but even so, if you're targeting an older audience, you should still have a mobile device marketing effort. That's kind of that's kind of um, that that's that's exactly my point. Um, 
you know, um, I, I do have some, you know, I, I'm trying to find my stats as I'm looking here as far as an age breakdown. Um, While you do that, what about gender, David? Are oh, you seeing he, women he, and men equally? Sure. Um, well, 79% uh, of men use their mobile phones to simply escape. Uh, so, you know, just browsing as they're waiting at the, tra- you know, at the train or, or bus stop, whereas only 61% of women do that. Uh, and I do have a stat here. According to Rudder, Finn, and Pew Research, um, 82% of seniors are now using their mobile phones for information and learning. So, um, and this is a stat from 20, 2010. So, you know, we expect these numbers to rise, whether they're going to opt into your mobile club or not. Um, you know, that, that's going to be certainly at a smaller number than the 18 to 25 year old demographic. Uh, and, um, I don't have exact numbers for you there, but, um, you know, uh, 82% of seniors are using their mobile phones for information and learning. Uh, 17% of the ultra affluent, which are homes that are 200,000 plus a year, um, frequently engage in M commerce compared to the 7% uh, of affluent, which is $150,000 plus a year. Um, you know, what's kind of amazing now, talking on the other side of the uh, age spectrum, almost a third of 10-year-olds now have mobile phones. So uh, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, I didn't, I didn't get my first phone until I was in my mid-20s, and now uh, 10-year-olds, about a third of them, have, have mobile devices. And 44% of youth shop with their mobile devices. So, you know, I, I would say that you're probably going to have a more effective experience if you're targeting the youthful demographic. However, that um, the, the older demographic simply just can't be ignored. When you say learning and information, do you have any insights as to what that might be? Is that as compared to shopping for other segments? Yeah, I think it's it's more uh, just Googling for information. So while they might not be... Um, actively, uh, you know, purchasing via their mobile device, uh, they might be gaining uh, information on that purchase, just as what I was saying before, how Hispanics use their phones to gain information on, uh, prior to a purchase. So they, they might do research on that car, uh, but not purchase that car or that stereo system or what have you via mobile. They might just then go into the store to buy it. And that's another trend with mobile compared to um, email and, and even Twitter is that whereas email drives online purchases, mobile drives in-store purchases. And this is kind of where I think that, um, you know, this is, this is why the, the shopping cart sizes are larger is because if you were to get an email offer, you'd click the link, you'd go um, into the online store, you'd make that one purchase for that one item they're offering, and then you hit, you know, check out. But when you're, when you're doing an on in-store purchase with your mobile device, you walk into the store, you have no choice but to pass by all those aisles and aisles of tempting products, uh, and then, then you make a purchase, you know, including some of those additional items in your basket. That is, of course, assuming that what you're buying is a product. How does that experience transfer to those who are selling a service or a service product combination? Do you have any data on that? Well, you know, I think purchasing a service, um, you know, I, I don't have any data. However, I can imagine that if it's driving an in-store and in, in office, uh, purchase, it's going to drive a, a one-to-one human interaction where they might be able to upsell you versus buying a service online versus like a, 
you know, through like a service master or um, a car repair shop, if they have an online check-in system or something like that, uh, you might you might just go straight to the chase and, and you, you wouldn't be upsold as much as you would be through an, uh, you know, a personal interaction. But, but of course, that's all just my guessing and, and uh, my hypothesis. That's why, a great question, though. Why would you say, I'm, I'm curious, when I hear you say that, that's really interesting, that email drives traffic online and mobile Correct. drives traffic in-store. Why would you say Correct. that is? Uh, well, I think, I think it's just the very nature is, is most, uh, most retailers have their, uh, their email system uh, tied to the, the interactive marketing department or tied to the commerce section of their, uh, of their strategy. So most of those emailed offers tend to keep the transaction flowing electronically. Um, that's just, that's just kind of how they're set up. So if I receive an offer from Best Buy, that offer will more than likely be click here to buy now because they, they want you to, they want to drive that purchase immediately. So you click the, Offer to buy right now, it drives you right to the mobile site and, or, or to the website and you make that purchase versus uh, a text message offer by its very nature, it typically ties to the cash register and point of sale. Um, because m- mobile commerce is a little cumbersome at this point, they're trying to drive you to the in-store environment to make that purchase. So they're, they're not saying click here to buy now. They're saying come into the store and show this to, you know, to get your offer. So that, that it just inherently drives an in, in-person or in-store purchase versus an online purchase. Is there a hesitation on the part of users of mobile devices to make purchases from their devices? Do you have any information on that? I'm, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? So are users of devices, mobile devices, are they hesitant to make purchases from their mobile devices. I mean, what comes to mind is I know people who refuse to make purchases online because they don't consider that to be safe. So I can't imagine how they would feel about using their cell phone to make a purchase. Is this an issue for mobile device users or are they just so comfortable with the medium that that doesn't even enter into the equation? No, I think I think you're right. I think people still do have some apprehension to using a mobile device to actually complete the purchase, which is another reason an in-store experience has to be strong. Um, however, um, according to the same Sterling Commerce uh, uh, survey, 27% of African Americans, 16% of Hispanics, and 11% of white Americans are willing to use their mobile device to order an item. Um, so, you know, while 11% isn't much, we're certainly going to see this number grow as, as people become more co- uh, comfortable with the, um, with the media. What would you say is the overall state of that use then, if we, if we took a snapshot in time right now, in terms of, you talked earlier about three components text, mobile, and apps. Would you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about the role that those are playing in the use of mobile devices right now? Sure. Well, I I think text is purely a communication. I'd say, you know, there is some playing around with using text to actually make the purchase happen. Uh, You're certainly seeing this with with mobile donations, you know, like the the Red Cross, uh, Haiti programs, et cetera, um, or Katrina. Um, But uh, for the most part, transactions are occurring via mobile sites or apps. 
And oftentimes apps just mimic the, the functionality of a mobile site. And some might even say that a lot of apps are, aren't necessary entirely. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I'd say the transactions are really occurring from the mobile site, which is a secure, or in the app, where, where you can set up secure transaction methodologies or mechanisms. Uh, you can create shopping carts, allow users to confirm their purchases, and it's just a lot more fluid experience than driving back, uh, back and forth over text messaging. So, I, I, you know, I'd say in the long run, I'd say, unless you're just talking about mobile donations, I, I'd say, you know, a better solution is using an app or a mobile site for, for the actual transaction. In terms of emerging markets, you just shared some, some really interesting statistics. 27%, 16%, and 11% each for the three different, or two mm-hmm. different emerging markets and the mainstream. Uh, what, what do you say is driving that? Why are these emerging markets more likely, sounds from your statistics, to use these devices? You know, anything I were to say here would, would, would simply be Hypothetical. Um, I think. I think part of it is that these minority demographics uh, perhaps have lower penetration of desktop PCs within their home, so they're um, augmenting or supplementing their use of, uh, uh, you know, for for transactions by using the devices they do have. Um, addition, uh, so I, I'd say that's probably the number one reason. Um, I, you know, I would argue that it's not super important as to why they're doing it, but just that they are. And if they are, that you certainly should consider um, opening up these channels to them to allow them to um, to communicate and to transact in ways that they feel comfortable. One of the things that I've um, heard is that in many households, the younger generation drives the purchase and use of technology, so they'll be the first users of something perhaps like an iPhone or an iPad or a mobile device and so forth, and then they show their parents or perhaps even their grandparents the benefits and how to use them. Are you seeing that in your research? Honestly, I wouldn't be able to comment on that. Um, that kind of falls outside of my role as a mobile company. Uh, I know that, you know, there's kind of this network effect where uh, teens will text their parents and then their parents will want to know how to reply back so they'll learn how to text. And then once they text, then they're hooked and then they text their friends and so the cycle continues. However, I, I don't have any stats to back that up. Are there particular mobile devices that you find are more prevalent in iPhone versus an Android, et cetera? Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think right now the stats are showing that Android overall um, globally is, is, uh, is, is, is has been adopted, has, has more penetration and is growing faster. And, and both of that makes sense. You know, the Android platform is on um, uh, a number of different handset manufacturers, whereas iPhone is strictly on Apple. So, and they're giving away the, the software development for that. So um, I think you're going to continue to kind of see it be a black in Android and iPhone, um, you know, a duopoly uh, with, uh, unfortunately, BlackBerry and, and Windows Phone 7 and, and uh, the, the now de- dead or dying HPOS, uh, WebOS kind of falling falling out. If you were to ask, uh, sell it to de- design apps, um, we'd say, well, first of all, let's design a really good mobile strategy so maybe you don't even need the apps. Uh, your, your, you know, text messaging works across all these devices and a good mobile site will work across all these devices. And then if you absolutely have to have an app, 
we'd certainly just focus on those two those two platforms. Um, today, probably for uh, PR release purposes, we'd say let's start with an iPhone app and then do Android because there seems to be a little bit more press around the iPhone. But uh, for true ROI, it might make sense just to go Android. Jose, you have a lot of experience with the Latino market, right? Correct. What, if any, characteristics do you see in their use of mobile devices? Well, what we see, and not to generalize the uh, the Latino market, but um, what we find in general is that the Latino consumer it has a higher propensity for mobile for various reasons. Um, and one of the one of the factors that we attribute to that is that by their by by the nature of their of their culture or maybe um you know of determining of whether they're a first generation latino consumer they they have a higher propensity to use mobile because that's what's available in their home country uh, mobile is more uh, pervasive and has been more pervasive in latin american countries uh, than it has been here and that's you know due to infrastructure and things of that nature. Um, it's not as easy to get a landline. And then also you have, you have a lot of mobility within the Latino market. Um, you know where people are moving from one state to the next. You know and deciding where they're going to settle. There's been a, a, a huge uh, uh, shift in um, states that have you know Latino population growth. You know a, a lot. Of, there's been a large to, to illustrate the, a large growth in the southeast of of, of Latino. Uh, population uh, and with that you know that comes with it in it's in nature mobility um, so I think that's got uh, a big contributing factor to it also it's just easier to use um, you know there's just so many more limitations to having fixed landlines I think that if you went back historically and and did an analysis of the general market at least going back you know 25 years and you and you segmented it um, you would see that you know, maybe 10 years ago, there may be more parallels with the general market using mobile that would align, you know, more more with the Latino market. Um, as you go further back, people, you know, that, that have been in a fixed household for a while, you know, have just by the nature of the way that things have had been back then, you know, landlines were pretty much it. So, um I just think it's 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 got a lot to do with culture. It's got a lot to do with dependency. It's got a lot to do with uh, the different kinds of payment plans that you can get through a mobile carrier. That way, you can call your family in Latin America. It's cheaper than or more accessible than uh, than uh, you know fixed landlines, things of that nature. Um, and then you've got companies, you know, some of the you know pay as you go type carriers like Metro PCS, who are offering you know these long distance plans where you can. It's all bundled into your monthly plan where it's not there there is no cost for long distance. It's just part of your monthly plan. So those are very attractive uh features and um you know, something that aligns perfectly well with the with the Latino consumer. What characteristics do you notice between the highly acculturated, the highly unacculturated and perhaps those that are in between in terms of the, of course, a very large Hispanic market. We're talking about over 50 million Hispanics in the United States. What specific characteristics are you aware of in terms of their use of mobile devices? 
Well, you bring up a good point. Um, when you look at the highly acculturated, those are really more aligned with the general market. Um, highly acculturated is pretty much general market. When you look at the, you know, highly unacculturated, there's a there's a much higher spike in uh, in mobile, uh, as as compared to the general market. Again, for the reasons that I cited earlier, you see a lot of uh, usage of text messaging. Uh, it's very very um, very high. Um, there's also a high propensity to adopt new technologies. Uh, I believe uh, we came across a statistic some time ago that 24% of the first-generation iPhones were sold to Latino uh, consumers. So there's a high high propensity to accept new technology and to use it as part of their daily lives, mostly because it's a dependency thing. Uh, again, back to what I cited earlier, it's it's the way that people communicate. Um, they're mobile people. Um, they, they, maybe the kinds of jobs that they have, the kind of businesses that they're involved in have a requirement on having that kind of uh, instant accessibility. And, and with the features that are built into those phones, they just have uh, an, an intuitive ability to adapt to those in a faster way. Um, that being the case, um, you know, from a marketing perspective, uh, and, and this would be pretty much analogous to the rest of the industry, that what we've found and the reason why we believe we've been so successful with our uh, mobile strategy, particularly for our, our uh, Auto Trader Latino brand, is because there is such a vast um, gap of services and products that are uh, targeting or serving that demographic that anything that you put out there um, has a very high likelihood of having uh, a lot of utility and a lot of usage and a lot of acceptance by the market. There is nobody else that's offering, you know, shopping for a car on your phone or connecting with a local car dealer that speaks Spanish in, in, in your community or in your neighborhood or in your town uh, li like like we offer. Um, and so we fill that vast uh, void. Uh, and, and, and that's another reason why companies like Univision are so su successful. Uh, you know, it, it, I think in today's world, if you're in, in a marketing um, role and you're tasked with trying to target different types of, of, of shoppers and, and one of your objectives is the Latino shopper, if you're not using mobile, then you're pretty much missing the, the, the opportunity. Um, the, the response rate by the Latino consumer, uh, particularly on mobile, is exceptionally high. It was very, very fast. In fact, when uh, I speak to a lot of people about the level of success that we've seen with our mobile products, um, I'm very often looked at with uh, <laughs> kind of disbelief. Uh, I've been to you know various mobile conferences where I met you know people that are running mobile strategies for large, large, uh, larger enterprises, well-known household names, and when I explain to them the you know the the level of usage and the level of utility and the performance that we're getting out of our mobile products is. is yeah, again, the, you know, I'm just looked at with disbelief. Uh, in a period of a year and a half, over 46% of our total digital audience and digital activity and engagement with, with shoppers has come specifically from mobile. And I can tell you that we really spent absolutely no money marketing at all any of those functions out of our, um, out of our marketing uh, uh, tactics. Um, you know, we implemented mobile to not just be featured into our print products to make them, you know, uh, basically digital uh, through the text messaging that David uh, 
pointed out earlier, we've also added QR codes on them so that people can scan a QR code and actually get landed into a mobile environment. Um, but we've also implemented that, that on our website where people can search for a vehicle and find one. And when they see something they like, instead of having to print out the page or write down the notes of what it was or bookmark the page, they can simply uh, text it right from the, um, send it to their phone right from the website. And that's been very, very valuable. And it has driven significant uh, results to our advertisers. What we found is that the, the shoppers that are engaging in that activity are among the highest of the close rates for our advertising customers, the, you know, the car dealers that are looking to, uh, to sell cars. Uh, that, that has a very, vi- very high level of, of, um, of likelihood to purchase within, within a very short period of time. So again, I think that mirrors what David was saying earlier, that you know, people that are using their phones are, are, are actually buying. Um, and then if you think about the nature of our particular business, um, I think there, there is some analogy to the history of uh, the AutoTrader brand in general. Uh, AutoTrader, when it started out 30 years ago as a brand, was a magazine, and that in itself is a, is a, is a mobile product. So you know, it's kind of like going back to the future, I guess. You, know, uh, you go back to fulfill the need of a shopper when they're out shopping there, on the weekends they're out looking for cars and you know nothing better than having access to the information uh, right from your fingertips so that's the uh things that we've seen um we you know we did launch the texting we we went for the full spectrum we've done um you know text messaging qr codes apps um we've added in enhanced features as david mentioned earlier with voice search and the augmented reality um we have android iphone uh, and then obviously we have the mobile website, and we've seen just really good performance out of all of it. Jose, what are QR codes? Uh, QR codes are quick response codes, and they're those. Um, there's there's a whole different um, variety of them. There isn't really a, a standard um, QR code that I've seen, and I think there's some sort of a movement to try to establish that. But in any event, the the QR code is basically one of those those little square, squiggly, kind of black and white things that you're starting to see on all kinds of things. And there's been a lot of conversation about the validity of QR codes. And it's funny because uh, David and I have actually had some conversations about this. Two years ago, I I wasn't a big fan of them. I thought they were one of these passing fads. Um, You know, they're they're very popular in, in Japan. They're actually into a next generation type of a QR code in Japan now. But what what's appealing about the QR code today and with the evolution of smartphones that already have embedded QR readers, which means that you can just to either take a picture of it or scan it with your camera on your phone, it basically um, takes that QR code, that, that digital image that you see in, in black and white, and it, it creates an action that your phone takes. And it can deliver, it can connect you to a phone call, it can take you to a website, or it can take you to a, a, a mobile video, for example. Um, that's, uh, QR is, means quick response. That means that it's, it's giving you access to information. It's digitizing whatever that you're saying onto your mobile device. Um, and that's actually driving a lot of value. The, the articles that I, I read about QR codes um, lately, um, you know, where people are, are critical of QR codes and their, their validity, um, when you really read the articles, what it really comes down to is that it's not the QR technology itself. It's the implementation of that QR technology, of what, what's it leading the user to. I'll give you an example. A, a friend of mine um, was telling me that he and his wife went, shopping at Sears one day and he's a he's a big technophile and you know, he loves anything that's that's 
you know, technology based and he takes out his smartphone, he walks into Sears and he sees a, a QR code right there and his wife says, what are you doing that for? And he says, you know, because I want to see what it's got to say. She's like, what's the point? You're already here. And sure enough, he, 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 he scanned the QR code and all it did was just basically give him uh, the Sears mobile website. And his wife said, well, what's the point of that? We're already here. Why, why would you want to access the Sears mobile website while you're actually in the store? Which, you know, to, in that instance, she had a point. Um, you know, it, 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 it utilized correctly. It, it's a very efficient way to connect a prospective shopper or a consumer with the content and information of the retailer or the, or the service provider, you know, in, in a way that's efficient and uh, and the thing that's interesting about the QR codes as well is that you know it's not static you can change the destination on that QR code so if you for example scan a QR code you save it in your phone if you open that QR code a week later the 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 business that actually imp- you know is promoting that QR code can actually change where that destination goes so the next time you access that QR code it can actually take you to a different message so you can have this ongoing updated conversation with your you know prospective shopper or customer in a very efficient way uh it, it's a great way to to bookmark um you could be driving by a business you don't have the time to write down the notes you know of hey well, I saw this business that a QR code you could just scan it and it's right there on your phone you don't have to type in a web address or download an app it could actually take you to a page where you could download the app but it's a very efficient way to pull information onto your phone I, I'm I'm sorry. Um, I unfortunately have to uh, leave this podcast. It's been a true pleasure um, speaking with you, um, but uh, I, I have uh, another prior engagement that I, I simply can't get out of. Okay, David. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll, thank we'll you. stay with Jose for a few more minutes, but thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights. Yeah, thank you for your interest. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jose, are you still there? Yes. Okay, great. Before we close, let me just ask you a couple of questions. You mentioned Spanish language capabilities, um, and that's always a question that so many marketers are interested in. The census numbers tell us that there are 35 million Hispanics in 2009 that spoke Spanish at home, uh, but more than half of those Spanish speakers spoke English very well. And we've also heard from prior guests who tell us that visitors to their website pages in Spanish tend to be from outside the country. What are you finding when it comes to mobile device use and language? Well, that's a great question. And that's one, obviously, that we've uh, debated about, you know, with a, with a brand like Auto Trader that's pretty prolific. Uh, it's in every market. It's a, it's a 30-year-old brand. Uh, very common, you know. One of those we have the advantage. It's a. It's almost like a household name. Um, it is. It is a brand that is not specific to the, you know, to the non-Spanish-speaking uh, community. Um, but what we we did find is is that you know, as it relates to car buyers in in a lot of markets, when you're talking about markets like Miami, um, Los Angeles, Chicago. New York, Houston, uh, Dallas, and, and some of these very large metro markets that have very large uh, populations of of Latino shoppers. Although we all agree that a very large percentage are English, you know, capable. That when they're uh, uh, given the ability to to conduct a transaction or 
communicate in Spanish, especially with buying a car, that, that tends to be their preference. Um, you know, buying a car is not like buying a cup of coffee. Uh, you know, the, the rules of buying a car are, you know, are, have been changing, you know, almost every month it seems like with the economy, with the different, you know, with the issues that are, that affect car productions and all the different things that have been going on, you know, the, the financing opportunities, all the different things that go on um, with relation to how you buy a car. You know, Spanish-speaking shoppers... Or, or people that are more dominant in Spanish that have, you know, a better understanding of terms in Spanish prefer to do business with, um, you know, dealerships that can speak their language. So, you know, when, when we look at the Latino audience holistically as, as auto trader, our objective is to serve the entire market, regardless of what language they speak. And what we found was that there was an opportunity to create another line of business that basically aligns with our line of business. Um, it's the same thing, um, but but is really focused on really serving that need, matching Spanish-speaking people, people that really have a dependency on speaking Spanish, with a large pool of advertisers, uh, namely dealers, that want to or have the capability to uh, conduct a transaction with that shopper. So the population's large enough for us to justify that and and car car transactions are are pretty uh are pretty important uh you know in, in Fresno California something like 56% of all used car sales are all to uh latino shoppers even if you split that number in half uh in terms of a of, of a number of of shoppers that's still a considerable number of shoppers and and the ability for the it's not just a one-sided thing that is serving shoppers it's also a channel by which our advertising dealers can communicate the fact that they have those abilities to speak Spanish and do provide that service. Um, so our, our our Latino product is entirely Spanish. Uh, the website is Spanish. The mobile products are Spanish. And that's how we define Latino uh, specific to our products uh, and that we're placing into the market. Our, brand, our, our, our overall strategy is the entire Hispanic market, regardless of language. But we have different products that are that are uh, out there offering the value proposition to either Spanish-speaking or uh, English-speaking shoppers. Jose, what suggestions would you share to our listeners who are now more and better informed about the mobile market after listening to you and David? What suggestions, what tips would you share with them that they can take away and either start a mobile marketing campaign for their company or maybe broaden or strengthen the, their existing efforts? What three suggestions would you share with them? Well, I wouldn't say that this would be specific to mobile marketing, but obviously it would it would be important consideration. The, the first thing I think that you have to think about is what is your objective? You know, what what do you? Is there a goal? Do you have a product that aligns with the with the market? And uh, and then understand you know why you want to do that. And then think about um, you know trying to size the opportunity. If you're a, a local business or you're a regional business or you're a national business, try to get really a holistic view of you know how big is this opportunity and try to understand what are the tendencies of that shopper um so that you can position yourself accordingly i mean these are all pretty standard marketing uh components um and and as far as the 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 last piece you know the third thing i would say with respect to to mobile uh, i would say 
you know, don't think about mobile as, uh, and a lot of people that I talk to think about it this way, which I, I happen to think it's incorrect, which is mobile is not another uh, version of your website uh, or, or of your product. Mobile is an ability to establish and enhance a relationship with your shopper in a way that hasn't existed before, uh, particularly with what David was mentioning through text messaging, which is by far the largest use of, of mobile, and I think it's the most underused from a marketing perspective. Um, in the example that I made about Sears, if you think about how you can take mobile not to, you know, create a new, uh, uh, another, you know, another version of your website, but think about it from the context of how can I use mobile to engage with that shopper and create an experience. A friend of mine gave me a, a comment that I, I like to, to use and I've kind of taken from him. It's basically think about mobile as an ability to, to grant the wishes of your, of your customers. And if you think about it from that perspective, that is not just a, a shrunken down version of your website onto a phone. It's utilizing all the capabilities that are inherent to the phone and then the way that people use phones and you'll have much greater success. Thank you, Jose, for joining us from Atlanta. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll say thank you to David, who joined us from Chicago. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Jose Puente, who is Director of Mobile Strategy at Autotrader.com, and to David Wax, who is President of Sellit. They both discussed mobile marketing. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at HispanicMPR.com. 